2021 is going okay so far. It's episode 43 today of our weekly Cook It Her vodcast. So you're very welcome and thank you for watching. Now, having said in last week's vodcast that we were a bit concerned that there wasn't very much cricket being planned for 2021, we've yet again been proved wrong in one of our predictions and there's going to be a couple of tours um, over the coming year that we're going to be talking about in this week's podcast. First up is the quite exciting news that um, England are going to be touring Pakistan in October and they're going to be playing in um, two T20s and three ODIs over there. So um, it's going to be the first ever um, tour by England women of Pakistan, Sid. Um, is it safe? Uh, yes, absolutely. For the players, it's going to be safe. Um, this is the first time that England women have ever gone to Pakistan. It's the first time that men have toured there for over 15 years. Um, and obviously safety concerns have been at the heart of why teams haven't been playing there. Um, but the Pakistan government will absolutely make sure that this is safe for the players. Um, you know, it would be a disaster long term for Pakistan if anything were to happen uh, to disrupt this tour. So I think that, you know, Pakistan's government will do everything they can to ensure that the players are absolutely safe. Uh, in undertaking this tour, so I've got no doubts whatsoever in that regard. Um, as to whether the tour would be safe for someone like us to go, um, you know, given that we'd be effectively going as tourists, probably not. Um, and I don't think that we'll be going. The official Foreign Office advice is basically don't go, um, you know, as tourists, um, unless you're, you know, in a situation to be able to afford things like the armed guards that unfortunately Westerners. Uh, as tourists need in those cities in Pakistan at the moment. But in terms of uh, kind of the future of cricket in Pakistan, this is really important. It's really important for, the, for our boys and girls to be going there and they absolutely will be safe, yes. Okay. Um, so an important tour, I suppose, in, in terms of not letting the, the terrorists win, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it... It's in terms of like normalising cricket in Pakistan and normalising international cricket, this is really important. And hopefully, as the um, Pakistan Cricket Board have said, that this is going to pave the way for other countries to come back to Pakistan and uh, the playing of international cricket in Pakistan will become normal again. And that's you know, a good thing for cricket and a good thing for Pakistan. Absolutely. Um, one thing that could be interesting to see is whether there's overlap between this tour and um, next season's WBBL. Um, obviously, in 2020, the WBBL was organised slightly differently. We don't know what the situation will be in 2021 and we don't have the dates yet. Um, but if you look at last year's WBBL dates, the first match was the 25th of October. And this England tour of Pakistan isn't due to wrap up until the 22nd of October. Presumably the England players... Um, if they then did travel straight away to Australia, would still have to do a period of quarantine. So they may, might end up missing the beginning of WBBL. Um, but having said that, it's probably likely that the, the England players who would be playing in WBBL um, will be kind of an attractive enough option for the teams to go, OK, well, we don't mind you missing the first few matches. So hopefully it won't interfere with that too much. We'll have to wait and see what the WBBL dates are 
whenever they're published. Yeah, I mean, the WBBL have been very accommodating before. We've had South African players a couple of times, I think, miss um, parts of WBBL due to international commitments. Um, you know, but the, what, what WBBL want is that the very best players for as much time as possible. So I don't think that it will actually impact people's ability to play in those matches. And actually, in some ways, the good news is that they've missed the beginning, not the final. Whereas mm. in, in the past, people have wound up missing finals because mm. of this. So... I'm sure that the England players will still be able to get to play their part in WBBL, even if it turns out there's a small fixture clash at the beginning. Okay. And the other really interesting aspect of this tour is that the two T20s at the beginning are going to be double-headers with the England men's team. Um, and that used to be more common a few years ago. Um, and particularly, I think there was a period when the ECB tried strategically, I guess for kind of marketing purposes, to try and align some of the the uh, men's and women's tours. Um, so both here in England, they would try and have the same men's and women's team touring in the, in the same summer. And then in the winter, they would try and arrange it so that the men's and women's teams were touring at least one of the same places, because obviously the men tour more than the women. Um, and that hasn't happened, um, partly because they instituted the Women's International Championship as the um, kind of pathway, uh, qualifying pathway for the World Cup uh, and they, they introduced that in 2014 and since then it's been quite difficult to align the tours and to be honest it, that's been the same period whereby the women's game has really come into its own and hasn't necessarily needed that, um, that strategic alignment in the same way. Um, so this is going to be the first time in several years I think that the England women's and the England men's teams have played a couple of double header T20s against the same opponent, um, which is quite an interesting one. We haven't necessarily been very supportive of doubleheaders on this podcast and generally on Cricket Her, um, but, but what do you think about that element of the tour, Sid? Well, I think there could be, for instance, security considerations underlying the fact that they're playing them as doubleheaders. Obviously, it means that you've only got to go through your security procedures of clearing the stadiums and things um, you know, once rather than twice. Mm -hmm. Um, and possibly from Pakistan's point of view, it means that they'll get a much bigger crowd through the door. And, you know, as long as the matches are played reasonably close together, um, then I think that, that could be a good thing as well. OK, fantastic. Well, we'll be looking forward to that. Now, moving on, the more eagle eyed among you may have already spotted that this week we are in New Zealand. Thank you, by the way, to Don Miles for supplying the photograph that, that is our backdrop for today. Why are we in New Zealand, Sid? Uh, well, because England are off to New Zealand, apparently. Um, so we didn't know for certain whether this tour would mm -hmm. be going ahead. There were still um, some question marks over it, but um, you've spoken to someone at the ECB this week, Raf, and you're told that we're expecting a squad announcement at some point. When are, when are we expecting a squad announcement? Uh, hopefully over the coming week, actually. Um, so it should be available shortly, so we'll soon know what the makeup of the tour will be. And also, of course, we're anticipating a squad announcement, which will be quite interesting to see who might be going to New Zealand. Um, any thoughts on that, Sid? Well, I think what we want to do is we want to go back a year and look okay. at this squad that was announced for the World Cup uh, almost exactly a year ago. So, what was that squad? When things were normal. <laughs> um, we have Knight, um, Beaumont, Brunt, Cross, Davis, Eccleston, Elvis, Glenn, Jones, Siver, Shrubsole, Villiers, Wilson, Winfield Hill, and Wyatt. 
So they're the players that went to the World Cup. Mm -hmm. We then had a series against the West Indies over the summer. Um, Georgia Owes wasn't selected for that series because she still wasn't fully fit. She's been having injury problems over the past year or so. So, um, and that squad also included Sophia Dunkley and Katie George. Mm -hmm. um, but essentially that that's going to form the base of the squad here and mm -hmm. i i really can't see england picking anybody outside of that group to travel to new zealand i think we'd normally expect them to take about 15 players wouldn't mm -hmm. we on a tour like this they might take more players on the grounds that it's possible that someone tests positive at some point yeah. and has to be excluded yeah. um but are they going to take anybody from outside england's core training grouping the 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 sort of england contracted players I think it's pretty unlikely. Um, you know, if you look at the Rachel Hayhoe Flint Trophy, yeah, some people did well in that, um, but the the players that did did best. I mean, Georgia Adams is obviously potentially on form a candidate to, mm -hmm. to play for England, but I just given how strong England's batting lineup is at the moment, I just I can't see her being included. Given that she's not a future player, she's you know she's pushing thirty. And, you know, I think that England are probably just going to stick with what they've got. If England do bring anybody in, and I would actually think it would be a good thing for England to bring people in um, as batters, because England do have this ageing batting lineup, albeit very established and a very good batting lineup and very strong, and they are the best players. But, you know, you have to look to the future a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, you know, the, the best candidate there would probably be Emma Lamb as someone mm -hmm. to bring in. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what do you think, Raf? Who do you think might, uh, should be actually playing in the matches? Yeah, well, I think that's the key point, isn't it? Because the names that you've just read out are essentially what we believe are now the remaining England contracted players because they've dispensed with rookie contracts um, and the rookies are now um, essentially the regional contracted players or some of the regional contracted players. So it's no surprise that those names that you read out on the list are going to be the ones that are at the forefront of Lisa Kiteley's mind. And I agree with you that she, I don't think that she's going to be looking outside of that playing group when she's making selections. But I think that the really important point is to look to the future and is to actually do that with when you're making the selections for the matches. Because what was really disappointing, and I know I've made this point several times on the broadcast, but what was really disappointing about the series against the West Indies was that this, the selections were so conservative. It was so um, very much, oh, well, nobody's had any cricket, so therefore, you know, I've got to give the uh, spots to the same old players. And I just think um, that was such a, that just felt like such a short-sighted policy. And I really do worry that what is going to happen is that um, a player like Kate Cross or Lauren Winfield-Hill is going to go all the way to New Zealand, have to quarantine for two weeks when they arrive, have to quarantine for two weeks when they get back to England and will just sit there on tour for, um, I don't know, three weeks or however long it will be and not play any cricket. And how rubbish will that be? It was rubbish enough having to do it in England and having to be in the Derby bu bubble, live in that Derby travel lodge, which I don't envy them having to do, um, and then not being able to play cricket. But being going all the way to New Zealand and, and replicating that, I just think that that would be crazy. So I really hope that... Um, people like that do get decent game time. And the other player who I would strongly urge, um, Lisa Kiteley, if she w watches this and pays any attention to my opinions whatsoever, which is probably highly unlikely, um, you know, Sophia Dunkley needs to have a decent run in the side. She is the future in terms of the batting, as you were just talking about. Um, we have got a very good batting lineup, but it's an ageing batting lineup. 
say an ageing batting lineup. They're all younger than me, but obviously it's all relative. Um, and so I think that Sophia Dunkley is the future. And um, what was really unfortunate is that over the summer she had that uh, that one opportunity against the West Indies, um, and she just came in and and plonked it right back to the bowler. Um, and she'd been waiting for that opportunity for you know a year, eighteen months, and and those things happen unfortunately. But when that's your one chance how infuriating and how frustrating and I, I thought that was really unfair to put her in that situation and I hope that that doesn't happen again I think that she needs to be playing in the majority of matches um, in this series in New Zealand the other point I suppose is that we don't know what the um, what the makeup of the series is going to be in terms of obviously all of the matches against the West Indies were T20s you would assume that it would probably be something like three ODIs and three T20s or something like that that it will be a mixture and therefore that does bring a slightly different category of player into the mix because I think that somebody like Kate Cross is much more seen as an ODI bowler than she is a T20 bowler that's just my perception um, so yeah, that will I think that will play a role as well in who we actually see out on the pitch. But fingers crossed that there is less of a conservative selection policy at play over the coming weeks. Now, will we be able to watch these matches, Sid? Uh, yeah, we understand that you should be able to watch them um, on BT Sport. Mm -hmm. um, it does mean you know you have to have a second subscription in order to do it. We've subscribed to various things over the year. We've we've subscribed to Hotstar to watch matches in India. Um, we've we read that uh, Amazon are getting in on the act. Amazon don't have any rights for this tour um, in in terms of people watching it in England, mm -hmm. but we believe Amazon will have the rights if you're in India and want to watch this series, which could also include Australia. They haven't actually confirmed whether or not it might include Australia as an element of tri-series. That's still unknown uh, as far as we, we know. Um, so if you're in India and want to watch it, you'll need to subscribe to uh, Amazon in order to do right. so. Um, it's you know that's that's unfortunately a fact of life at the moment. I still personally would really think that what cricket need to do is what baseball have done and create some sort of super subscription that allows you to pay for cricket directly, which gives yeah. you access to all of the cricket all of the world. You know, and guys, ICC, I would happily pay that. I would pay the same amount of money that I'm currently paying to Sky and BT Sport uh, in order to watch cricket from everywhere and I'd pay it directly to you and you wouldn't have to give Sky and BT Sport their cut but unfortunately the way the contracts have panned out at the moment that's not the kind of thing that's, that's it, the ICC are in a position to make happen uh, so for the moment unfortunately you are going to have to subscribe to BT Sport to watch this you can subscribe for just a month um, but be wary though because uh, we are told that you need to give a month's notice to cancel so what you'll effectively need to do is phone them up uh, subscribe and then phone the next day and cancel <laughs> you'll get the month and then you'll only wind up having subscribed for a month I feel like we've just become the um, the advice service for TV subscriptions <laughs> this is veering off into an unprecedented direction for one of our cricket her podcasts we should put some sponsored links below the line well I was wondering that can we get Amazon to give us some money for mentioning their name about five or six times in the podcast I, I suppose um, it is frustrating to have to sign up for all these subscriptions. On the other hand, a few years ago, we were bemoaning the fact that there wasn't enough um, interest from these um, from these broadcasters in women's cricket. So in a way, it's a good thing that there's more interest on the on the part of broadcasters now, and that we hopefully won't ever go another winter without being able to watch um, some women's cricket. Yep, hopefully not. 
I mean, fingers crossed, you never know what's around the corner as the pandemic has shown. But, you know, I think that there's a positive to this as well as obviously a negative, which is um, more money leaving our pockets, unfortunately. Okay, well, that's all for this week. um, And we will see you in a week's time when hopefully we will be able to look back and see um, what our predictions for New Zealand, for the New Zealand squad, how accurate they actually were. See you next week. Bye.